0: Everything you need to know and more about heating and cooling, electrical, garage doors and plumbing is right here, right now on the Absolute Home Service Podcast.
1: Hello again. We are thrilled you're joining us for another episode of the Absolute Home Service Podcast. Um, I'm Vince Hauser, one of the co-hosts here with uh, James McCarter. How are we doing? Good morning. And today we are going to be interviewing Steve Kober. Um, who actually works for us? He heads up the electrical division for Absolute Services, and uh, we're going to be discussing electrical issues that you may have in your house and why you would need an electrician, and and uh, what he does when he comes out, and you know, really just some general information thing. I know most people aren't too uh, up to date with uh, with electric. I know, I mean personally, when I walk in the room, all I do is flip on the switch and it works. So I I consider myself partial electrician.
2: Is that how you test your electric, too?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. And if that switch, if that light doesn't come on, there's a problem. <laughs> and that's when I call my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you want to introduce your Steve, yourself, Steve, and uh, give us a little background on what you, uh, how you got into the
0: electrical business. And yeah, my name's Steve. I uh- I've been doing the electrical trade total for 18 years now. I started off in the Navy as an electrician's mate, came out of the Navy, did about a year doing residential in Pittsburgh.
2: Thank you for your service, by the way.
0: Oh, no problem. Um, and then I took a, some time off from doing electrical, did some public safety for 16 years, and then I went back into the trade and went back through apprenticeship. Just to refresh myself, I did a four-year apprenticeship past, uh, actually, top of my class. And uh, I've been doing it ever since.
2: Awesome. Sounds like you got a pretty good uh pretty big good background in what you're doing.
1: For the record, I've never been top of my class in anything, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's uh, d- uh I'm gonna assume James hadn't been there either. He don't wanna say it. <laughs> no comment. No comment.
2: Well, Steve, so uh, like Vince said, you know, the the whole purpose of this podcast here is we're trying to uh, uh, bring a a vast amount of knowledge um, and uh, your background, what you've been through um, to our listeners, to our homeowners to try and help them um, better, you know, serve their house, make sure everything's up to date, inspected, different things like that, how we can help them and then how absolute services, um, whether it be electrical, garage doors, plumbing, HVAC, how we can serve our clients in the area. The biggest question that I've got, or the first question, is: Does the electrical wiring, uh, along with the panel outlets
0: or other electrical components, uh, do those need regular maintenance? Yes, uh, just like uh, your car needs oil changes and checks, and you know for your alignment and stuff like that. Your electrical system is technically the, if you can think about it like this, it's the the electrical system is your, your heart and your veins and stuff like that of your body. If your electrical system, if your panel isn't working properly, if it's not functioning properly, your house isn't going to work properly. It's basically just going to be a shed. So if you don't maintain it, come in and look for basic problems that could happen. You don't know. A panel could, over time, could have a burned bus bar, which is just a fancy word for where they connect the breakers to the panel over time if you get a little heat you get a surge from a lightning strike or from even from your utility company you get a surge back through it it could cause damage to your electrical panel which could eventually cause bigger problems how does a lightning strike affect the panel or any of the wiring of the house well because what will happen is is you get an overcurrent. you'll get a whole lot of amperage through your system a whole lot of voltage really quick through the system that it's not rated to handle that's where we like to suggest surge protection to protect your house from that and we do provide that service, but if you get that surge through there, it could heat up the bus bar, it could heat up the breakers, it could heat up the wire, and it could cause it to melt, and eventually, in the worst case scenario, it could cause a fire.
1: So, are is it is, are these issues? Is this like an old house thing, or or is this so? Uh, if my house is ten years old, fifteen years old, is it? I mean, am I going to have electrical issues? Because I mean, I, I'm assuming if I'm in a newer house, that ain't going to happen, but. Uh, I'm guessing if that's the case, there wouldn't be electricians running around.
0: Well, obviously, there's you could have a problem anytime. It doesn't matter if it's two days old house. If the lightning right. strikes, it, it, uh, the systems aren't going to take a handle a direct strike, no matter what we do. But a near strike, even a near strike on a new house, will cause problems and havoc. I've literally been to houses where they've blown the uh, the cable box that's on the outside where the cable company comes in has mm-hmm. lightning strike has blown that completely off the wall and fried a panel. And the house was only five years old. Wow! Is there anything that you can do to combat that? Like, if the lightning do, or if the lightning,
2: if the house takes a direct lightning strike, is there anything that you can do on the electrical side that could possibly limit or prohibit uh, as much damage as possible?
0: Yes, we can come in and check your grounding system in the house. Make sure that you have proper grounding. Uh, a lot of the older houses have only minimal grounding, main grounding. The newer codes are requiring that we have two ground rods with the wires, they're six feet apart. That's to spread that out, to give us a little more protection from the surge. Also, the newer codes coming out that will be adopted soon is that all houses must re- have a surge protector on, protector on their services, on their panels. That's to protect the house and the system. We provide, like I said, we provide a very good one that protects the house uh, for, not. I mean, I like I said, I'm not going to say it's going to protect you from a direct strike. Nothing can protect you directly from a direct strike. strike, But it will limit the effects of a direct strike. It will help you on a near strike. Okay.
1: You know, I I got a question, and this comes up. My wife, she likes to decorate like for every season, and she puts more wreaths and stuff all over my front porch. And almost all of them we have to plug in. Yes, And about every other day, that stu- the stupid outlet out there goes out.
0: Well, that's a ground fault interrupter, circuit interrupter. Right. And that's doing its job. It's, it's a couple things. It could be maybe I need to come out and check it for you, Vince, because it could be that it's just getting older. It could, needs replaced it could be getting my away. wife
1: or the outlet the outlet oh, well, i'm not oh. i'm not going <laughs> oh, in there with okay, the okay. Out, i'm no. like whoa Staying no. away from that one Steve. <laughs> yeah
0: i'm staying away from that one um no the outlet could be getting moisture into it maybe it doesn't have a proper seal so moisture's getting into it and that right. causes it to trip uh, it could be just over it could be overloading the circuit you okay maybe you need to add another receptacle out there another circuit well maybe we
1: don't need to decorate <laughs> that's a that's
0: a
2: solid point can you recommend that i i, I can recommend that okay great I, I need that written inside so i can get it, get it to my although wife. in full disclosure
0: at christmas time i think i'm on with a they, the griswolds or yeah. what it is clark so, yeah I'm, I'm that guy <laughs> so, just overloading outlets yeah. and just hoping and
2: praying it works well yeah. so to the last point there you talked about the uh, the ground fault circuit indicator was it when it trips in my house i've had this happen to me before and i've i've heard of this numerous other times when that GFCI, that's what it's called, right? Ground fault circuit interrupter. When interrupter. that actually trips and you've got that test and reset button and you go back in there and hit the reset to go back on, there's been numerous times where I've hit the reset
0: and it doesn't come back on. It just keeps tripping. What would cause that? You're still either one, you still have a fault somewhere in the line and the, the, whatever's causing the fault is still there. Or there, it could be just at that receptacle, just over time, will just start to, get, to weak, get weak and it won't want to reset. Also, if you get to the point where it won't reset at all and you can't get it to reset, you need to call us out because we need to check it out because it could be that your circuit is off. You could have had a bigger problem that now you have no power because if you don't have power going to the, the GFCIs, they won't reset. So if you if the wire coming in doesn't have power to supply it, it won't reset. So that could be a problem. So you'll need to call us out. It could be just a breaker trip. It, may have just, it might have bypassed that GFCI and went right to the ba- breaker. Or it could be a bigger problem that maybe we need, you know, a true electrician needs to come out, certified electrician, competent electrician, look at it, find a problem, and let you know what the problem is.
2: Got it. That So the GFCI is kind of like, uh, if you will, like a secondary breaker. Yes. Got it.
0: Okay.
1: So how does that wire really go bad or how does it you know I, I, if the outlet is not bad and you know does that wire deteriorate over time or to, how, how does the wiring actually go bad because my my in my mind that's behind the wall nothing's touching it how in the world could that wire go bad
0: well again okay there's numerous reasons that it could go bad one it, over time everything gets bad i mean look <laughs> our bodies fall apart over time cars fall apart over time It's just a fact of life. How were they manufactured at the time? Did they use subpar material when they did it at the time? It gave us enough life, you know, lifespan to get to this point. But now I said, you know, I'm done. It it could be just that. It could be that um, maybe that if it was on a ground fault circuit interrupter receptacle, maybe it wasn't doing its job and it was letting it too much go through and it heated up that wire. Now it's made that wire brittle and the insulation that protects the copper wiring is falling off and now it's touching something that's causing you to have a problem. There's so many problems. That's why you need a, a qualified electrician to come in and look at it because we have the experience and the knowledge to figure those problems out.
1: So is there a difference I know in some of the older houses that that wiring is like I don't it's not copper. I don't even know what it is. I've just seen it. There's so, aluminum. Yeah, okay. So what what what's the deal with that? Why why is there not aluminum wire anymore? And everything's
0: copper. Okay, back in the se- late seventies, early early eighties, there was a shortage in copper, so they started using. Aluminum. I was alive then. So way. was I. So, um, yeah. there was James, a- <laughs> he's a young
1: buck. I don't even. Think, when were you? Were, were you alive then, James? I was not. I was not even <laughs> a
0: thought yet. Yeah, I was a seventies baby, so yeah. I was around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so th- there was a shortage on copper, so they started using aluminum wire. Now, mm-hmm. what happens is aluminum wire is a lot more pliable. It's a softer metal, so over time, when it takes heat, it'll expand. When it expands, that pushes any connection that has it to open it up a little bit. Now, if it cools down, it'll start to contract again. So over time, what happens is is that leaves a little gap in between those connections, Mm -hmm. and it could cause a little arc. And over time, it could heat up that wire, heat up that device, and cause a fire. So that's why they stopped using aluminum was they found that it was causing more problems. So if you have aluminum wire, you need to call us in. We can take a look at it. There are ways to do it without doing a complete whole house remodel, although that's – I suggest doing a rewire because that's the ultimately safe thing. When did that change? Oh, man, I think that was in the 90s they stopped. Okay. And they really started enforcing it. But we can do what's called a Lumicon where we just change the devices out and we put special connectors in to mitigate the aluminum wire.
1: You know, one thing that I've seen – I've when I've lived in some of these older older houses, most of the time I rented them when I was in the college days. But anyway, there's like no outlets in in the room, you know. I, and where now, there's outlets all over the place, and and you go to plug something in. So then we got this whole the whole uh, Clark Griswold uh, in the garage, fifteen cords going into this adapter and that adapter, and you know that. And so there's got to be issues with with that compared to you know what goes
0: on in homes today there is uh, what happens in the, in the past because we weren't using as much we didn't have as many electrical devices and we weren't using as much energy mm-hmm. so they didn't have as many receptacles in each room you mean you guys didn't have like laptops tablets phones y'all, y'all didn't have all that stuff no, or, or, no. or or internet dang, dang. I mean, and, I I,
1: and our phone actually had a cord Wow, how did yeah. y'all
0: survive? I mean, I remember a little, the, the, what's that, the dial phone with the <laughs> Yeah, system? rotary. And I think I was the remote for my family because I'd have to get up and change the channel manually on the TV, yeah. but. Uh, so what happens it's is. Child is, abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so over time, as we started to grow in, as a technology and a, a society, we started adding, well, we're gonna do this, the cell phones, we're gonna do computers, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Now, what, more TVs, now TVs in every room. So that's when the code changed. So we started adding, well, it used to be where you could have two or three rooms on one on one circuit. Now it's starting to go to the point where there's, it's almost like one circuit to certain areas. So you can spread it out and have more receptacles. Now they require X amount of receptacles on a wall. Uh, you can't be more than six feet apart. You can't. There's codes for that, and that's right. why.
2: Okay. So even our receptacles have to social distance right now. Yes. Correct. Yes. Got it. This this one's this one's a, a, an always a huge argument. So when my wife and I bought our new house, we get in it, our outlets didn't even have the ground on the bottom of the uh, yes. of the receptacle in the outlet itself. I've seen this numerous times, even the ones that do have the ground, they're upside down, which way is right it doesn't matter or is there a reason why the outlets are upside down
0: there is an argument for both ways okay there is no technical code for it unless you get into like hospital hospitals and schools a lot of those will require you to have the ground up their theory and their their argument on it is if something if that receptacle as you know sometimes the cords just come out just a little bit and a little bit of the prongs are showing they're saying if something falls down between it if it's up with the two prongs up that's the hot and the neutral up high, that if that, something falls down in between there because it's pulled out a little bit, it could technically cause a short or a, a font. I didn't know that. Yes. So if you flip it around where the single prong is up, that's the ground. So technically, if it's going to hit something, it's going to hit the ground first, and it won't cause a problem. It'll trip the breaker at worst. So,
1: because so w- what I thought is, when you have like the outlet that you that you're speaking of, you take the extension cord and you just cut that other piece off, and then <laughs> right. and then you use it
0: anyway. Well, the, no. The, <laughs> so what you're talking about is the two prongs, oh, the two prong ones. That's no ground. There's no right. ground system at all there. So, exactly. Yeah, you. That's something that in, in that situation. You know, we, I see y'all laughing.
1: Don't tell me you ain't done it. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
2: and can't we plead the fifth
1: on here? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I
0: said no comment. But in that situation for a two-prong where you don't have a ground, the proper thing to do is you need to call us in because we can put either, A, we'd have to run new circuits and get you grounds, or we can put a, a GFCI breaker in your panel, which now technically gives you that ground, and we change all the devices to three-prong. And you're, you're technically protected at that time. Or you can put uh, GFCI receptacles in. There's ways to get around it to make you safer. But at that it, with the two-prong, it really doesn't have the ground.
1: Well, one more question I got on the prongs because this has been like a really big deal that irritates me. What the hell is this? The one big side, one little side. I'm like, sometimes it takes like a hammer for me to stick this thing in the wall. You know, and I'm sure it's some idiotic safety whatever, but it is the most irritating thing in the
0: world to me. One is the neutral, one is the hot. That's all it is. So the hotter, now you're going to put me on a spot. Right now I'm going blank. The one is the the bigger side is the hot. I think it is in the neutral, and it's just, it just that's all it is. So whenever you go to put it in, it's trying to stop you. But now with AC power, which I don't want to get too technical, it doesn't really matter which way you go because it's it's AC, so it, it goes back and forth so it doesn't matter. The only time you really care well, is DC.
2: So I get this question a lot. Um because on the garage door side of absolute services, we've got AC driven operators and we have DC driven operators. Mm-hmm. In your explanation, what's the difference between AC and DC drive motors?
0: Okay, AC is just alternating current. Okay. That's it just goes if it's the fluctuation and it's not to try and get too technical and more people, but the, the 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 cycle of the actual electrical it goes up and peaks and goes down and peaks and goes down. That's AC, so it alternates, and then you got DC. That's just a straight, steady stream. That's the, the big difference. So on like the garage door
2: side, of, for example, of AC DC, the the DC motors are going to be quiet, solid. Yes. They're not going to be real loud. Okay, Correct. and that's the same with other appliances Correct. as well that might be AC or DC. Correct. Okay, and I, and I've seen this uh, from my own you know knowledge, um, and I and I've had this question you know brought up numerous times, and I you've ma- mentioned it here a couple of times. You've mentioned a fuse and a circuit breaker.
0: Is there a difference between the two? Yes, the fuses are an immediate, that's just like a trip. It, a fuse blows, you got to throw it away. And it's the older style system that we had. We still use them in certain things, but a lot we're trying to get away from them. The circuit breakers are reusable. It trips, you can reset it. But a fuse, if it trips or blows, you have to take that out and put a whole new one in. So the breakers are reusable. Correct. They stay in place. It's just like, you know.
1: If if I have a fuse, I don't. But if I did have a fuse box in my house and I call Steve out to my house,
0: what are you going to do to that? Well, make sure I do a full safety inspection, which we do on every call we go on to check your house, make sure it's safe. We check everything in your house, whether it be the electrical panel, the service. We check your smoke detectors, the ground fault circuit interrupters, make sure. We bring up everything and tell you what we find, that we find it's an unsafe situation. We suggest things to you, and if you want to move forward, we move forward and fix it for you. If not, we don't. We don't pressure you on that. But if we find a fuse box in your house, I'm always going to suggest let's change it, upgrade it to a a breaker box. It's safer. It's more up to code. It's it's more modern. What's safer about it? Well, again, the fuses over time. You just, if it blows, it blows. You got to replace it now. You can't find it. It's just an older system. It's just antiquated. So, why not go to a more modern system that is set up UL listed, more fire rated. It's just set up and more tested now, and UL listed for it. It probably brings it up to code, yes, and you know yes. different things like that yes. too.
2: Now, if they have those existing systems, now are they grandfathered in per se? Do they? You know, would you? Can you keep that system if you want?
0: Like, what's the code you can, on that? You, technically, you can keep them because uh, you are grandfathered in. There's nothing that says you have to change them. But if we come in and do work, if we have to extend circuits and stuff like that, if I have to pull a permit on a house to do work, a lot of times the, the, you have to. If I touch it, I own it. Is the is saying we say in the in the trade? So that means that everything in that house now becomes mine. And I have to make sure it's up to code. So because that's not up to code, if I'm running a brand new circuit, I can't run a brand new circuit to that fuse box. So that means I'm going to have to change that fuse box to a breaker panel so that we can run the circuit, so we can extend and do whatever we can.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Sounds sounds safe, too.
0: On that note, every year I experience this
2: my bill up and down and up and down and up and down what would be the reasoning or reasoning or some contributing factors on why my electric bill is up and down
0: well there could be a few reasons you could be uh, you could be overloading your system you could be added 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 And it's just overloading a system, and it's just drawing too much energy, and it's not being as efficient as it should be. So we could come out and take a look at a few things. It could be be your HVAC is running too high. Maybe it's not on the proper wiring. It's pulling too much, and it's doing whatever it is. That's what we need to come out and take a look at and check the whole system and see. There's problems there that we can take a look at and see if we can adjust it. Something's draining your system. You
1: know, I think I brought this up in a podcast before, but one of the things that contributes to it, if you have children that leave your front door (laughs) wide open. Yes. You know, it's amazing what that does to the electric bill.
0: That and it's
1: there seems to be a direct correlation. What did Josh call that? The conditioned
0: envelope? (laughs) you leaving the envelope open. My biggest problem with my kids is they leave every light on their house. Every room they go into, they turn the light on, the TV's on.
1: You're supposed to turn those off? (laughs) Yeah. Did not know that. (laughs) We will we will put that into effect today.
2: <laughs> Noted. Take, taking that one down. So what about uh, outlets? What about uh, all these tablets, these laptops, the computers, mm-hmm. the TV, these lights, everything? Does, does all that stuff draw power when it's plugged yeah, in, even though it's not people on?
0: People think that they, they don't. Even like you, you plug your uh, toaster in, you think it doesn't draw power, but it technically does. All that pull is just minute amounts. But if you add it up over the whole entire house... It adds up quickly, and it draws more and more and more. And 365 so, days at that. Right. So, yes, you're right. So if you're not using your phone charger, unplug it. If you're not – that's what – at my house, I, I argue with the wife all the time. Unplug your, your coffee maker. You're not using it. Unplug it. Unplug the toaster. Unplug the things we're not using. Now, what
2: about a surge protector? What
0: if I hit the off switch? Same thing, or do I need to unplug it as well on a surge protector? Oh, on that, no, you should unplug it too because even though you have it off, it's still got the power running to it. Okay, so you're still going to use it's not a lot, but it, over time, like you, like I up. said, it all adds up.
1: Uh, I got, I have a question about uh, fluorescent lights because we have, well, I mean, we have these things all over. You know, I, I've changed bulbs mo- many times, like one bulb won't work, one bulb does work, and then I twist and turn, and and I'm like, I'm ready to throw these things in the frigging garbage. Um, they drive me absolutely crazy. So, give me the lowdown on this fluorescent light deal.
0: Okay, fluorescent lights. The problem is, it's like, we'll use this for example, it's a four light uh, lights up here, four lamps in it.
1: For people not watching,
0: that's above us. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) All four of us in this room looked up, too. (laughs) It's my first time on a podcast, I am so sorry. Uh, So the lights above us, they're a four-foot fluorescent fixture. They have four lamps in them. Right. Inside that fluorescent fixture, there's a ballast. All that ballast does is it just takes the energy coming from our panel and and it gives it enough power to power up those lights. But inside of that, there's separate little teeny tiny circuits. So whenever you're saying that one will come on but the other one won't, could be that that ballast is starting to go bad and half of that ballast inside of it is bad, so you have to replace it. It could be what we call where you connect into the the light into the actual fixture. They're called tombstones. It's just because if you look at it, it's just the shape of it. That makes a lot of sense. I've seen that. So, now I'm not going to call them anything else other than that. So you're going to sound professional for once. <laughs> hey, got to do what you got to do sometimes. So eventually those will go bad. They'll get brittle. They'll break. They'll go bad. They won't make a good connection, so they won't work. Right. So again, something like that, call us in. We'll take a look at it. And uh, I always suggest to uh, get rid of the old fluorescent system. Let's go to LED. Less right. power, less uh, problems. And so, do you, can I
1: convert that, or do I have to replace the entire
0: thing? Or? No, we can convert those over. I, I would suggest, uh, because they're getting older now, let's change the tombstones and put some, get rid of the ballast mm-hmm. and put some LED uh, uh, lamps in there.
2: Is there a cool name for LED strips or anything? No. I think I want to keep my tombstones in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I I gotta well, sound.
2: Vince called me out. If I well, gotta sound professional, there's no cool word for it. Well,
0: technically, we would just put new tombstones in. Okay. There okay, I'll, go. I'll take it. New tomb, upgraded tombstones. <laughs> That's it.
2: My wife actually asked me this last night. Um, oh, which, no. uh, yeah, be prepared. Be prepared. He's, he's even drinking water this morning. He Didn't have coffee. We so be prepared to come out to my house. Okay. Um, my wife asked me, Hey. Uh, This outlet looks burnt. What is it? So I go over and I look at it and it does look like, you know, like some kind of like somebody held a lighter to it. I'm
0: not an electrician. What happened and why? Depends on the situation. I mean, it could be just as they were trying to, maybe your wife was trying to plug a vacuum cleaner in. It doesn't get it in all the way. It'll cause a little arc right there. I'm sure you've seen it when you plug something in. You see a little spark when you go to plug it in sometimes. Yes that will cause a little arc that could heat it up. It could be that it's just uh maybe whatever you put it in overheated the circuit of that receptacle. It was a little too much and it didn't do its job and it didn't trip where it should have. Could be a numerous reasons. Could you put it in upside down or backwards? If you if it doesn't have the ga- the ground, yes, you could put it separately. If it's just a two prong. So that's why you and don't what put I would the ground it on. Man, <laughs>
1: what I would recommend, tell her to stick a screwdriver in there and see if, it, <laughs> <laughs> if that fixes it. <laughs> I
2: don't think I'm going to recommend that to my wife without following by Vince said so. (laughs) But uh, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna throw my little don't don't anyone
1: don't anyone stick a screwdriver no. in there. That so was a so
2: I, I'm the I'm the absolute conductor. I'm the AC here. Yes. He's the DC
0: for dumb comments. <laughs> 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 I'm full of them. But if you going back to that, if you do see that you, there's a burn marks on your receptacle or anything that, or even you'll notice sometimes I've seen them where you have little burn marks. It's not burned, but you'll see a darker mark above the receptacle on the wall. Give us a call because that's for some reason. It's taking heat. There's something going on. It almost like smoke's going right. up it or something. Something's happened. Give us a call. We'll come out and check it out for you.
2: So you just mentioned earlier about when you plug it in and you see that, that little arc. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that an arc fault or is that something completely different? That's technically an arc fault in, in, in a sense because what it is is as you're going through, it's causing an arc. Now, that's why um, – man, I just had it and I just lost it. <laughs> um, all that is 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 you're whatever you're adding load – I know it's a crazy word to add it. So I don't want to add it too much to like get too high on this. But it, it load is just a current that's is that whatever you're plugging in is drawing from the system. So because it's you're now adding load to that system, when you go to plug it in, that's why you'll see the arc. If there's no load on the system, you won't see the arc. But because there is, you'll see the arc. Now, if you have arc fault protector, that's the new new thing for all the all the circuits now. Almost your whole entire house is supposed to have arc fault. Arc fault fault circuit interrupters. For some reason, I can't say it fast. And they're supposed to be breakers in the panel. That's to protect you from any arcs that you see. Uh, if, if, is like, that something new? Yeah, it's it's in the last uh, uh, I think it was two code cycles ago or something like that. It 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 started coming in. It started off always, about
1: six or seven years yeah. I think is when that it that was started. So anything newer than that should have them.
0: Right. It started where it started <clears> off with just like the living rooms and stuff like that. Now it's expanded to where they want the whole entire house basically be arc fault protected. And what that is is it's to sense a short a arc, where the ground fault is more of. You're, so, you're you've become the ground to, for that circuit. It detects that and it trips it within a, a millisecond, so it doesn't That's fast. So it doesn't electrocute you. Where the arc fault is to protect you from fires. So the you, screwdriver method will yeah. electrocute
1: you. <laughs> yes. ACDC. Here yes. we're back
0: on track. Here we go. Hey. So. You've
2: mentioned uh, GFCI, and if I'm correct, AFCI, yes. the arc fault circuit interrupter. Yes. All right. So, where do those where do those two go?
0: Like- okay. So there's different ways. You can actually do it multiple ways. The, the the suggested way is to put them in a the breaker, in a breaker box, in a panel, and that's the AFCIs, AFCIs, okay. and you can put GFCIs in there. So if you have, oh, your, know that you're supposed to have GFCIs in all your bathrooms, your kitchen area, anything above your counters, in your unfinished basements, outside, anywhere there's a pos- in your garage, anywhere there's possibility of you being in water or a, a touching water and plugging something in, mm. it needs to be ground fault circuit interrupted or protected. It could be either a a breaker. Or it can be the receptacles. So a lot of times, instead of going through the house and just putting receptacles everywhere, you can just go right to the panel, throw a GFCI breaker in there, and you, that circuit is protected. You can also, now that, with the, like I said, the new code is almost the whole entire house has to be protected by arc fault. You can do dual function now where it's arc fault and GFCI.
1: What's the water deal have to do with it?
0: The water, because, again, water is a great path for electricity, a great conductor. And because as soon as you touch it, and if you happen to be touching it, like I said, if you go to plug your receptacle in, and you, somehow you touch that prong, the metal prong, as you're going into the receptacle, and you're you're standing in water, or your other hand's in water, or something happens, somehow water's interrupted and, and, and introduced into it. it so if James t- tries to throw a toaster in the bathtub <laughs> when he
1: gets home tonight, when his wife is in there, it's not going to kill her. I'm starting to see a Point theme taken. here.
0: Point taken, James. I see where he's going. <laughs> I'm starting to see I a see theme. I see where he's the going. The screwdriver for your wife. <laughs> you
2: know, I'm going you know, to gonna make sure she listens yeah. to this one, too. She, she's
1: yeah. not going to be happy about this. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I might, mean might be a back, she shouldn't back-end She should know about what wife. you say when she's not around, I guess.
2: <laughs> Um, one big question that I get a lot from from my wife to myself, and I can ask you this because you know what you're doing. What can I or what can you do, um, either as an electrician or as a homeowner, what can we do to make our house safer? I've got kids. How can I keep you know my kids safe from the the electric or potential you know accidents or anything like that? What can we as a homeowners do or what can you as the electrician do?
0: Well, first off, I would suggest that you call us in and let us do, a, like I said, a, the home safety, electrical safety inspection. Let us take a look at your system. Make sure it's safe. Make sure your panel's up to date. Make sure it's up to code. Uh, make sure that you have your ground fault interrupters in there. Make sure you have your arc fault interrupters in there. Another thing you can do is uh, the new code, newer codes in the last few cycles is that all the receptacles in your house have to have... Um, it has to be tamper-proof. So if you look at the face of it, the older styles, the receptacles are wide open. You could just stick your your screwdrivers in there. Where the new ones, they have little pieces of plastic that are over the holes. Won't let you just jam anything in anymore. Vents-proof. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. They're like they're like sticking anything in there. Proof. I mean, when you go to now, plug in anything in the wall, I'm like, what the. <laughs>
2: you no, know. uh, those, those
0: are the ones that are really tough to actually get it yes, in there. Now, and that's why. Does that get better, or is it, is the, it actually designed to, designed be, that to tough? be tough? It's designed it, to be tough. Because it, think about it. You don't want your toddler going over there because I know, I, like I said, I have a 5- and 7-year-old at home. When they were in a toddler <laughs> stage, they were trying to pl- push anything they can in any holes just to make whatever. So that's to protect them. So if they try to take something and jam it in there, it's not as easy. It's not, it's not going to be real quick for them.
2: I always thought that was just kind of like a
0: learning experience thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, you know, like, like I said, go along S- with that. To keep survival your house safe. of the fittest. Yes. You know, have us come yeah. out and take a look at your uh, surge protection on your house. Let's, let us look at your grounding. That's that's a help out a lot, too. Well, you, you've mentioned now a couple of times
2: uh, this uh, electrical safety inspection. Um, yes. Kind of go and go into a little bit of a detail on exactly all what you're looking for. I know you mentioned, you know, checking the GFCIs, but what are
0: you looking for? Um, Why are you looking for that specifically? Well, when I come into the house, the first thing I usually do is after speaking to the customer and explaining to them what I'm going to do, I go to the panel to start off there because that's, like I said, that's the heart of your system. If that's that's faulty, your whole system's faulty. So I'll start there and I'll look at it and I'll determine, is it a modern design? Is it safe? Is it... Is it, does it have the proper, uh, the proper size wires, the proper size breakers? Does it have the ground fault interrupters? Does it have the arc fault interrupters? Does it have, is it bonded properly? Is it going outright? Is there any damage to it? Is it water damaged? Is there uh, holes in it? I'm looking for a lot of things, safety hazards, that I can bring up to you and let you know about.
1: Um, you ever see stuff melted or
0: smoking? or? Actually, yes. There was a house I just uh, finished this week. I went to do I, – I thought it was just going to be a normal older panel changeout. When I, thank goodness I did do the panel changeout because as I was taking the main breaker off, I noticed that the whole backside of it, which we won't see sometimes right. on a normal inspection because it was on the backside, but it was actually melted hmm. and burnt. So without taking it apart, I would have never seen that. So we probably saved that house from catching fire. So we find that all the time. We do. I'll walk in. And I'll, I've seen the bus bars, like I said before, is that's where just a fancy thing where we plug the breakers into the, to make it connect to the panel. And that's what carries the current <clears> through <throat> the, pan, the panel. I've seen those. Those are usually copper or aluminum. I've seen them actually melted. Wow. So.
2: What do, what do you do in a house that is, you know, for example, my AC unit kicks on. Mm-hmm. and I can see like some flicker in my lights or if I plug something into the wall or um, it, at our shop, I turn the heater on and I will either trip or breaker or I will uh, see the lights dim. What can we do in a situation like that and what, what's what's that uh, what's that stemmed from?
0: Oh, there could be a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we need to come out and take a look at it and make sure that you have the right size service to you. You may be overloaded to panel and the service. You may, needed, you may be at a 100 amp service, but you've added things over time and someone didn't do their due diligence to do the load calculation to figure out what you need, and you've gone over. Now you have actually maybe need 150 amp. Maybe you need a 200 amp service. And you'll see that whenever you start to do it. You start to draw it. You'll see the dims, lights dim a little bit. Also, I've seen uh, HVAC guys uh, have told me this. I didn't know this prior to. Sometimes on your HVAC, it'll do that initial rush as it starts up, and you might need to do a hard start capacitor in your uh, HVAC. So I would... I would definitely call us out to take a look at it. We can evaluate your system and see what, what's going on. So during that safety inspection, after
1: after you go to the panel box, what what's next?
0: Then I go through the house and I check uh, all your GFCIs, make sure, because like I said, you're supposed to have them in your bathrooms, your kitchen, your, your garage, your unfinished basement outside. I'll go through and check all those, make sure they're working, make sure they're functional, make sure they're in good shape. I check your smoke detectors, make sure they're functional, good shape. Uh, I go and check your AC disconnects. I check your service outside and make sure it's of uh, good, modern, and safe and functioning and it's not falling off the wall, which I've seen. You go up to a house and the whole meter outside where the utility comes in, it's literally falling off the wall because it's corroded so bad that the, the screws aren't holding on the wall anymore. Now, if it falls off, does that mean I can stop paying my bill? No. Well, no. you can certainly try. Yes, you can try, but I don't think they're going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good try. <laughs> So then once I've gone through your whole entire system and I've de- determined if there's any problems, I'll write up some options on what i found and what I suggest. And I'd sit down with the customer and go over those options. And like I said before, if you decide you wanted to move forward, great. There's no pressure. I just bring it up to you and let you know what i found. And we can move forward or we can... Not, and you can think about it and let me know in the future if you want to do it.
2: Now, do you give any kind of options? Like, you know, option one, option two, option three, anything like that? Yeah, I like to do.
0: Usually I will give you three options. Okay. Uh, the one is uh, is pretty much if, if, say, you call me out. If I'm just going out for a safety inspection, it those three options usually are listed in things I found and what I want to talk to you about. But if I come out on a service call where you call me out for to fix this light above us, I will, the first one will be... That light plus anything else I've found that I think is a safety issue that I've brought up to you and spoke to you about. And it'll work its way down to the bottom one. will be pretty much just what we you called me out for. Just the basics to get
2: it back up and running. Correct. Got it. Okay. Now, you know, one thing that I got a question about, too, is uh, we've talked about you know getting that arc when you plug it in. Yes. Why do my light switches to get that little pop when you turn them on and off? What well, is that from?
0: Well, there could be a couple reasons. One, it could be the switch is going bad. Could be making a bad connection inside the switch when it goes turn it on. I mm-hmm. found that. Just the other day, I found a switch that would uh, make that popping noise, and sometimes the light would come on, sometimes it wouldn't. I checked. Now, is it a good thing to, like, balance, a, balance the light switch no. right there halfway in the middle to no. see how long I can make it pop? No, no. So, also, it could be another issue going on. It could be you getting a little back feed. It could be getting a little problem with the lot wire, problem with the fixture. So, that's where you need to call us out, and let's take a look at it.
1: Oh, we got lots <laughs> of questions. Because... You know, another issue that that I had, you know, in our house is, I think, about five years old. If I turn my TV on in my bedroom and I turn on like anything else, then me or preferably my wife has to go out into the garage and flip the circuit breaker back on. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, and, and I'm it's uh we have we have those those wonderful arcs arc fault breakers that you spoke of earlier so uh, there's something going on somewhere with these arc fault breakers
0: they are great they do their job they protect your house and protect you but they are a nightmare for electrician to to troubleshoot them because it could be anything from uh just your I've, i've literally had it where a cable box every time they turn on their cable box it would trip the arc fault breaker because something inside of there was just doing just a small little arc. And depending on how sensitive that arc fault breaker is, Mm -hmm. it can detect that smallest little arc and it'll trip it instantly. So uh, in that situation, we need to come out, we'd have to go through every single receptacle, make sure that there is a good connection on everything, make sure everything's proper, make sure there's no problems. And we'd have to isolate it down and just start throwing, doing different devices. It could be that maybe an older TV is just causing a problem. Maybe it's an older TV, a few years old, And it's got a little arc somehow in it. I know the arc faults are notorious for, like, refrigerators. They don't like those Hmm. because of the motors inside of the refrigerator. If it's an older refrigerator, there's always a little bit of an arc when it comes on. They don't like that. AC units, they don't like them. But you can make it work. We just got to come out. Certain brands are a little more sensitive than other brands. So Okay. So I'm going out on a limb here.
2: As you said, they're a nightmare for electricians to work on. Yes. But you just pretty much diagnosed my whole house. So I'm going to assume that... Steve with Absolute Services, is not a nightmare.
0: You can, you can get it figured out. I'll figure it out. Oh, you know what you're doing. I'll figure it out. I'm just saying, what, it, what I mean is that sometimes customers think that, uh, you, you know, just because we're experts, we're going to come in and figure it out in two seconds. Sometimes it's, it's not going to be that way. I mean, that's where the diagnostic fees that we have to charge because there's times that I could be on a site for four or five hours just trying to find a problem. By the time I go through every single receptacle, crawl through your attic underneath the house or something like that just to find a problem, and it could be something as so simple as just a small little the wire came loose in a wire nut in a pan, in a junction box somewhere, and until we go from box to box to box to box, And figure out what it is, I, I definitely
2: know your pain there. What type of lights? What type of wattage should we be using in our house? Because I know there's like what incandescent, and then like now there's these fluorescent, and then right. LEDs, and there's sixty watts, forty. What what type of wattage little should we use? Little curly bulbs, yeah. I like what I don't things. know what those things okay, are. Okay,
0: so. I'm gonna go. Just my. This is my just a Disclaimer here. This is my personal preference. I do not use the uh, compact fluorescents or curly little ones.
1: Only because. Oh, they have a real name.
0: Yeah, they're compact fluorescents. Did not know that. Yes.
1: I thought they were the curly
0: bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> and I called them the swirly bulbs. So, <laughs> I don't like those because where they connect to the base, where it screws into the the the, the, um, the outlet, sometimes they'll they'll get bad right there and break, and it can have a little flame shoot out, and you could cause a fire. I don't like those. So I've stopped using those. You can look that up online. I, I, if it's, you know, that's my personal preference. I'm not saying don't use them. I'm saying that's my personal preference. I don't use those. I prefer to go everything LED. LED is, uh, it's a little more expensive initially, but they last, they have a longer last uh, life. They use less energy and they're just better. And the wattage, you have to go with what that fixture says. So you're asking what wattage to use. Well, every fixture, when you buy a new light fixture, whatever it may be, it has a max wattage in it. So, you can look at the paperwork that comes with it, or if we're installing it, we'll tell you what it is. That max wattage is what you can use. So, if it says 60 watts, you can't put 100 watt in there because it's not rated for that.
2: Got it. Okay. So, I mean, do you, do you install light fixtures or anything yes, we like do. that? Yes, You do? Light right. fixtures, ceiling fans, chandeliers, whatever you need. Oh, okay. So, you are everything electrical then. Yes, sir. Um. You mentioned, you know, that the little base of the uh, the the swirly or the curly bulbs yes. uh, popping off. That's good point. I've had that happen to me numerous times, right? And you, you not with those bulbs, just regular ones. Like I've busted on in my fan like you know, you know, when I when I'm jumping up and down like this. <laughs> yes. Right? When when UK beats Louisville it's Great.
1: oh my it's a great feeling he had to go there he had just
2: had to go there. I had to say that because I know Vince doesn't know what that feels like all right so what uh, w- I've snapped the bulbs off and the only thing that was left was that little copper brass looking thing down in the bottom of yes it.
1: so I'm, I go, I'm, I'm hurt
2: I might I might have to take him out to lunch now
0: sorry I'm a Florida state guy <laughs> Yeah, even, we, even we both you know. we both smoke U, you. You've so you, you at least really... got the tomahawk,
2: so you know how that goes, <laughs> yeah. and you you can stick your hands up in the air. I you bust the Will, lights.
0: Will be, be Florida State just a few weeks ago in football. I know. I well, mean, Florida State and Florida. Uh, the, I mean, and US. I believe that's the only game Louisville's won this year. <laughs> matter of
1: fact,
2: <laughs> not that. Hey, we're, we're not up. we're not too far we're not too yeah. far ahead of you. I,
0: um, but for those light fixtures, uh, I should. Yeah, just, sorry, uh, I completely sidelined the program. Um. I always, I will always refer to call an electrician out to deal with it. You can do it. You can look it up and figure out how to fix it. But I, I on, honestly, because if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, if you have the power switch on and power on, and then it, you could get electrocuted very easily trying to fix so it. So
2: don't use needle nose and reach down in there and grab it and twist it out. Just call or... us and let us do it. Okay. So, and that brings me to a good point too, now, now that you've mentioned that, is
0: electrical,
2: yeah. is is there anything a DIYer can do? Is this a DIY, you know, trade? Okay, let me just say
0: this. Uh, officially, no, we don't recommend anybody do it themselves because it, it takes a, a, electrical, uh, a certified, competent electrician to do it. A lot of stuff that will not, uh, with warranties and stuff like that, and the way, the way they're listed, it requires to be a qualified electrician to install these devices and stuff. So I don't suggest that. Also, if you don't know what you're doing, you could get hurt and you could die. It takes very, very little current from the electrical system to go through your heart and you will die. That so, is a
2: big consequence. Yes. That,
0: that, that would not that. be a good day. And yeah. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I just want everybody to understand it. It's not it's not for everybody what I to do. Don't, you
1: know, what I don't like about the electric is it's it's hidden. You know, you can't yeah. see the danger until it's until you're dead, I guess, and then you wouldn't be looking at it.
0: Right. And I can tell you, I mean, I shouldn't admit this, but in 18 years, I have been hit, whether it be by accident, by whatever reasons. I've been hit before, and it does not feel good. So I, I always suggest call the professionals out. Let us do it. You don't want, so, you don't want just anybody working <laughs> on your car with your safety involved. Your house is your safety. If, if, if you do it wrong, you cause a problem. You want us to do it right.
2: Well, what, so you had mentioned like uh, safety inspections diagnostic fees what what does that entail as far as like a uh, charge or cost like do we do any kind of like you know free estimates or do we charge for diagnostic or anything like that if we
0: come out to the house and i have to do a, a diagnostic where basically if i'm going through you have a problem in your system whatever it be whether it be a bad receptacle bad switch bad light whatever the problem may be I, there's a diagnostic fee for me to go through and find the problem depending on what the problem is uh if it's just a simple light switch isn't working properly that's going to be a there's different levels of it oh, okay Compared, and you'll be you'll be able to go over all that would, before starting anything once anyway. i i take a I usually take a quick glance at the system just to figure out what's going on first and then i sit down with the customer and tell them okay so here's the deal this is what it's going to cost just for me to f- figure out the problem and it could be a, you know d- different levels like i said if we go into an arc fault problem that could be hours that i could be looking for something so that's different than me just coming in and changing a light bulb compared to tr- troubleshooting and diagnosing diagnosing a arc fault problem. So
1: so what I you – know, I, I don't know if we, we haven't – I don't think I mentioned it on here, but I I own the company Absolute Services as well, and we sell a, uh, a membership program. And uh, part of that program, you know, we make five trips to the house because we do every trade – uh, well, the majority of the trades is not. We don't cover everything, but we do electrical, we do heating and air, we do plumbing, and we do garage doors. So we make a trip for each one of those um, annually. In the uh, and of course on the electrical side, it's going to be that it's going to include that safety inspection. plumbing's is going to be, you know, basically a safety inspection. Heating, and air, and garage doors we we actually tune or clean or lubricate there's several things that we do so on the electrical side i'm going to say that the majority of these kind of things are are typically caught during that membership inspection deal yes. and uh, and that's one of the reasons that we highly recommend that, that you get in our program uh, you know on the on the membership plan just so that all this preventative type stuff doesn't happen and you don't pay all those re, you know inspection fees and service fees
2: I don't member don't members get like some sort of a discount too? Yeah, you're
1: services? gonna get. Yeah, I mean on the membership plan, you get ten percent off of everything that we do, and we charge no service fee to just to show up at your house. Um, and of course, we're hoping you know that the ninety ninety percent or more of the issues, you know, that, well, whichever trade is out there, that they're catching that any of those issues before they become serious. And it's going to be, you know, whatever equipment it is, it's typically going to last longer. And it's going to be smaller repairs. Well, I uh, can
2: I can say for for Lexington side of it. So for for us is we have caught, and I'm sure you can back this up. here two, Stephen, uh, is that we have found so much going in on these inspections for you know garage doors and different things like that, things that would have broken or caused issues, you know, in, in a couple of months or a couple of years, we found those and were able to correct them before some huge, big catastrophic event happened. And I'm sure you probably have found a lot of the same oh, stuff too, right?
0: And I've always told customers too, when do you want to fix the problem? Do you want to do it when you have control of the situation or do you want to do it in the middle of the night, in the middle of a storm when you don't have control? So,
2: Absolutely. There, there's there's nothing like having something when you want it and you can't. Right. Yes completely completely uh, completely agree there. So you know to Vince's point uh, of doing the uh, the membership, huge benefit. Definitely uh, uh, definitely would recommend it. And any one of the services that we have out, whether it be electrical, garage doors, HVAC, plumbing, um, you know, just you know get, uh, talk with your uh, uh, service technician that's there, and they'll be able to go over things with you. You can also check out the uh, website at www.absoluteservices.net. Give us a uh, get, look us up and go over the uh, memberships there, and you know. Kind of check us out and see what we see what we've got.
1: That pretty much answers all the questions I had for today. I mean, I'm full of questions, but we'll we'll hold it. We try to keep these things around uh, forty five minutes to an hour long, just so not to bore uh, listeners. So, but anyway, I, I appreciate you uh, coming in here today. Probably helped that I'm paying you to be here because <laughs> you know, so you didn't really have a choice. But um, <laughs> I'd have came in anyway. <laughs> But anyway, I thank, uh, thank the listeners and uh, people that are viewing this uh, in video form. And, but that's all I have for today. You have anything to close up, James?
2: I just wanted to uh, give uh, thanks to Steve for coming in here and uh, giving our listeners some insight and, and uh, background into uh, electrical, let them kind of know what to expect out of the service that Absolute, uh, Absolute Services provide. Um, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing, buddy, and deliver that good, good, amazing service. And like us, like I mentioned, uh, give us give us a call or uh, look us up www.absoluteservices.net. Nice. All right,
1: thanks for having me. Thank you.